Hello and welcome to episode 32 of The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. This is BJ Ryan and I'm back alongside the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. Hello, Terry. Hello, Bernard. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Just had some pancakes, no steak sandwiches today, but we've no. had the gluten-free pancakes, so we're, uh, we're off to a flyer at the studio this Low morning. carb as well. Mm. Low carb, extra banana, a bit of strawberry, a bit of maple syrup. That wasn't healthy, the maple syrup, unfortunately. Well, probably, no I expect it was Probably really. undid all the, all the good stuff. <laughs> it did. It certainly did, yeah. But so, how have you been? Did you, uh, did you miss me last week? Yeah, we did. We did. It was a bit, bit different, but big thanks to, obviously, Michael Heaton and Pete McCormick for filling in and um how'd the lads go i obviously i've got better things to do than listen to um, a podcast i'm not on so how did you guys go did you find any winners it was it was a bit thin on the ground and even the 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 thing that would have really tipped us over the edge for like an absolute belter of a podcast was if we had known that flo was going to get up and win terry well that's a good segue isn't it Mm. vj so i was uh just for for those i was on a bit of a spiritual journey of enlightenment yes last week i think as you might have uh tweeted and put it but uh no i had my first week off racing when i say week off i still had a little um look and any real dark black book is anything really uh bolded we um we had something on um but uh, I haven't really had a week off racing probably in 10 years. And I think my mind was becoming a little bit mush and a little bit um, everything just looked like uh, brown blobs on a screen to some degree. So it was a nice uh, a nice little break. I actually surprisingly actually enjoyed the break. Um, I thought I'd miss racing a lot, but um, I, I think my my mind really needed it. So I did enjoy that. But uh, anyway, back to Flo. Um, I have called you and I said, uh, Beige, I think uh, this is after the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's gone. I just wanted to see how you guys went. And um, I said, I, I don't think Flo looks impossible. Mm. And uh, apparently Pete had uh, thrown the slows out. Is that right, BJ? Well, my understanding is that the stable and, you know, the ownership felt that the 1,000 metres was a bit bit mm-hmm. sharp for uh, for Flo, considering all his previous wins were over the 1,400. So the uh, the general consensus was he'll be getting back and running on and more than likely backing up in the 1,400 metres that is coming up this Saturday. So it seemed like it, the, they had a target race, which was this Saturday coming, and little did they know that uh, Flo would just, uh, Mitchell Pateman would just let rip along the fence and knock well. off the odds on fave, essential spice right of the line. I don't know what it traded out on the on bet. All fan, I know is I wish. Sure all was... I know is I uh, wish I didn't call you. That's all I know. So I reckon I might have found a way to have something. Uh, have something on that one, but. Um... Yeah, I did look at the rest of the results for the day and I don't think I would have found too many. Peter, I spoke to Peter yesterday. He said he didn't have a cent on. Yeah, either, ran, so. ran into Pete at Belmont on Saturday and um, asked him, made sure just before the race, asked him again what the go with the flow is. And he goes, no, no, not, not today. Mm. So, um, yeah, so he, he was looking at his wounds. But I do, I did see on Twitter that his um, Pete's son, Scott, who I met at the races as well, he, uh, he might have had something each way flow at the big odds so oh at least somebody was a winner then we've obviously that's a that's uh we know the the battle of the mccormacks is uh one nil it might even be two nil <laughs> to scott now is it so he's uh pete's out scotty's in so welcome onto the podcast next time scotty yeah yeah well scott like his father is a weight class ratings man i don't know whether he uses the index card or whether he's a bit more uh, up to scratch with technology than that but let's um, give him some credit he wouldn't be on the index card surely <laughs> surely but scott is based in new south wales so 
maybe we can have a father-son podcast before he heads back over to the Easter Coast. We might be able to arrange something in the next few weeks, Terry. We'll see mm. how we go. But yeah, I went out there on Saturday. As I said, it was uh, it was it was Belmont. It was um, what we've come to expect from Belmont, I suppose, from an aesthetics point of view. But the racing was good. The company was good. Ran into quite a few avid listeners of the one one and couple of likely tops. Yep. Yeah, so um, it was good. It was good to to be back back out on course, watching the horses live. Yeah, yeah. I think you went out yesterday, midweek. Popped out for just a couple, went and watched the Italian job uh, put in a little bit of a flat one, which was somewhat to be expected after recovering from the sniffles. But I got out there for a couple. I need a a big day at the races soon, though, BJ. Quite looking forward to it. Maybe next week, actually. Next Saturday, I think we've half teed that up, haven't we? Next Saturday, we might pop out there and uh, see if we can cheer home a, a couple of winners. I think it's going to be both on stakes day oh, next Saturday. One, which, one of my favourites. Which is uh, actually... On paper, looks like it could be a real mm. belter. Of there a should race. be a Jets cracker, yeah. shouldn't it? Yeah, could even could even see Samizdat and Misty Metal and a few other really really exciting types going around in that. But getting back to last Saturday, just quickly, other than the continued dominance of the Cerise and White Army, do the Vortex is just mm. in full swing at the moment, Guru. So other than the Cerise and White, just just their dominance in West Australian racing, the major talking point arising from. From last Saturday was Material Man's Shukland Stakes victory. Soft as butter as well, wasn't it? Just drawing clear from them late. Jeez, caught up on all my reviews on Monday and it was just such a soft win. How long had it been back with Justin Warwick for? 11 days. 11 days, that's all it takes. Jeez, yeah. give him another couple of months and there might be a railway in a Kingston town left in the oil. That's, that's just incredible stuff. There was an article in the paper earlier in the week, probably don't need to discuss this too in-depthly, but... Justin just made comment that Material Man was given none a few starts ago and then they've tried to almost start a blue between Justin Warwick and CJP. I don't know what CJ – like Justin was just saying the horse wasn't going to win sitting deep. He wasn't really picking on Clint. I don't think – I don't think it was any – there was no malice involved. Was, I have no just, idea. Was he just being honest? He was just being – well, yeah, he just said it wasn't going to win sitting there. He, like, I think yeah. he said that – he might have said that the horse was fat too. So oh, I can't miss he, that. Bit, yeah. <laughs> I, miss, I miss that bit, but geez. He might have given the, uh, the old trainer and the old jockey a bit of a clip, but – um. Bit of a mountain out of a molehill, I felt there, uh, BJ. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Material Man, what a great, great horse he's been. Oh. He, um, that was his first win in since he won the Strickland Stakes in 2018, so almost he exactly never two years. won a race since he left Justin, did he? No, no. no he went to Pat Carey after an all-star mile campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, went no good for Pat in Victoria. Came back, had those, had those two runs for Jason Miller in the uh, Belmont yep. Sprint and the Hyperion. Went okay. Obviously left the stable shortly after the Hyperion was with Justin Warwick for 11 days, comes out and wins the Strickland Stakes. As yeah, e- incredible. Pontiff on as easy as you like. So mm. I, I did see Patrick Budge, friend of the podcast on Twitter, put up some interesting discussion points quoting Justin Warwick pre-race where he obviously was playing his cards very close to his chest. I missed then, that. Well, what did he say? Oh, uh, yeah, he, d- he didn't really... Didn't really, wasn't really too enthusiastic about Material Man's ah, chances. He had the lads in the ring. He was yeah. giving them the silent. All right, time then, to uh, time, the, time to strip McCormick bookmaking him as much as we possibly can. Yeah, but post race he was he was um, very he was a lot more bullish. And I suppose the money told the story in the end. They sort of just chipped away. I think mm. he even got into as short as ten dollars. 
um, with best bookies. Was he, late. What was he? Betfair SP. I, I watched a little show with Pete and Tonovitz. Yeah, was the it ant. sixteen dollars? Yeah, I think it was even closer to twenty. Yeah, apparently. Right. Okay. So, um, which I mean, retrospect is the most powerful tool of all when mm. it comes to racing, BJ. But doesn't look a uh, a bad price on the surface. They uh, they only wandered in the race, which they were only ever going to. I think the Velvet King was never going to have any real um, major aims on probably leading over the two thousand, yeah, which so a lot of people would have had. Question marks on, but um, yeah, I tell you what, exciting times for Material Man. Um, yeah, he can win bigger and better. I think on the on the strength of that victory. Yeah, yeah. Well, Justin Warwick, his stable's flying. The Pontiff Paul Harvey's is just deputising for Lucy Warwick, and is mm. just uh, he's just racking up the winners. So all systems go in that department. And finally, before we move on, uh, we simply have to talk about Sean Nichols. Ah. What's the go? Four time. Four time. I don't know. Is he tweeting after the race and we're not looking at the time of the tweet? Or Crystal- no, I've, I've, I've actually yeah, quite good mates with Sean. He's not that smart, surely. <laughs> He's not that good a judge as he's going. <laughs> Yeah, on four from four. So we might, um, I don't know, I think we might have to even, I should have done it before the show this week, BJ, but um, I might need to get his tip for the last every week so we can give our tips mm-hmm. plus Sean's tip for the last. Actually, I'll do that next week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get on Bofine Stakes Day. Let's get Sean's tip for the last and um, that might be the one to follow. Four-time Get Out Stakes winner. Freakish stuff for oh, Sean Nichols. He's just, yeah, it's getting a bit the ridiculous. The Donald Bradman now. of Get Out Stakes really, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's the goat he's the get out stakes goat um, congrats Sean um, enjoy those Market City Meets steaks my friend does like a steak too speaking of our sponsors big thanks mm. to the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meets both of these fantastic organisations have been with us since the start of the 1-1 WA Racing podcast they also sponsor our WA Racing Mastermind and Get Out Stakes competition so we'll run through some information on those two as we work our way through the preview. I'll also give a quick shout out to uh, Mecca Sports in Joondalup and Daniel Sadik who runs the show there he sorted us out with some gear and we're going to be getting some more gear shortly which we will look to distribute have been discussing it for a while we have had a few things in the plate but uh, we will get onto that shortly so for all your uh, sporting where needs, etc., etc. Go see Daniel in uh, in Joondalup, Mecca Sports. I don't Mecca know the address. Sports. Yeah, that'll do. Mecca Sports, not the cosmetic brand. Okay. He does need. He does need some though. Thanks, Daniel, and thanks for supporting the show. So we're recording at ten past eleven on Thursday, July two. From a racing calendar point of view, we've got eight races coming up at Northern mm. today. Carnarvon is on tomorrow. You hadn't you interested in the Carnarvon meet, Terry, or are you oh, giving that one a miss? Tell you what, you've got to make a decision early in the season. Do you stick in for the fight are on the dirt or, or you're out? Yeah, you're in and you're out. So I don't know. I've been working with uh, our mate, uh, DC, a little bit recently, and he's been doing a lot of the city stuff. So I don't know. I'm, I'm considering easing the city and working because my my forte and my uh, my profit margin majority comes from majority majorly what word am i going for there bj the, the majority the majority, the majority yes that's i should have i should have worded that better the majority of uh, <laughs> the majority of my income is probably uh, well he's definitely in the country so um i uh i i i don't have an answer basically i'm just i'm mulling around i might Okay. I might. We'll see how we go. See how like, this podcast goes for four hours and I probably won't get a chance. Okay. So Carnarvon's on tomorrow. we got Belmont Oaks Day coming up on Saturday and we're about mm. to kick off the preview. The weekend finishes up with one of your favourite hunting grounds. 
Kalgoorlie in the got gold a special. Fields. Yeah, got a special too. Oof. Don't know if we're going to release it though. You say A set? Hey, this is this is A set. Yeah, yeah. This, this will go at fifty to one. Okay, and um, this will be one of the greatest moments in punting, I think. So, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. The guru's I might, back. Jo- might <laughs> drop something. I might drop something Sunday morning on the on the on the Twitter sphere. The we'll guru's got his, the guru's got his groove back. He's uh, throwing out fifty to one pops yeah. early in the week prior to, prior to markets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very good stuff. Okay, so finally, if you want to read our previews, our writing, our thoughts for Saturday. Day Belmont Oaks Day, jump on the Betfair Hub for Terry stuff, betfair.com.au. And uh, if you want my pre markets preview leg up, which was released at 7 a.m. this morning, that's early. Go to bestbets.com.au. You can also find it on the Oz Race website. Might want to enjoy my last uh, my own preview this week. There might not be too many more either. We're, we might be changing to a different format shortly where you are. Uh, I might be doing a little video thingy with less words. So, yeah. um, yeah, might be last couple of weeks. I have the last couple of chances I have to for a little snide few remarks. Gee, you're really selling it. A little video thingy with less words. Yeah, I did that really well, <laughs> didn't I? We'll discuss it more in depth in the when uh, yeah when it's all sorted. But uh, let's move on anyway. Let's get involved with the card. All right, looking forward to this uh, this new mm. uh, stuff on the Betfair Hub from the you Guru. Want, you just want to see my head more often, don't you? Ben? Yeah, let's absolutely, be absolutely. So. Stay tuned for that, listeners. So, preview, Belmont Oaks Day. Let's get cracking, Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, rail, weather, we won't talk about pattern, or will we? What's oh, just, uh, you can shove the pattern up your... Uh, I think, uh, I think for at five metres with a... It's probably the first... Oh, I haven't got it in front of me, but we haven't got a meeting where we can. We know we're going to go in with a good four. I think we've got to be pretty confident we're going to see a good four. There's not going to be any rain for the three days beforehand. There yeah, could be some residual chop in I the st- track. Yeah, I still feel that the track's still a bit sloppy. Still a bit wet, yeah. yeah. This is the first yeah. time we're going to have, but we, sh- we shouldn't have a drop of rain for 72 hours yeah. leading up to the first race. So yeah. Allow for a completely fair track. Last time it was dry was the day where I said the rail was going to be off and the rail was red hot. Mm. So uh, it's funny, I was talking to someone the other day and that they said that they've changed a lot of their punting um has become late punting because the track is so and the tracks not just belmont but the um the country tracks there's so such strong patterns developing um, especially i mean your northerns and pinjaras if there's a drop of rain the rails becoming quicksand in a heartbeat so it's becoming very hard to back and, and obviously tip early so i my biggest well, the advice I'm trying to give myself at the moment, which I love betting early, and that's always been um, – I love betting into – even though they're 140% markets, I love hopping into them. I back myself to to get the overs despite that. And um, But at the moment, unless you really think you're getting a really nice price early, um, and especially if you want to back something in the second half of the card – we're really better off holding fire a lot of the time. So uh, with a couple of races today, there's, there's a few things I want to discuss in regards to like this, but if the track's playing a certain way, then have a look at this because mm. we might get the price elsewhere. Yeah, well, we're looking at a, a relatively sunny day on Saturday, 23 mm. degrees. So hopefully there's some drying weather today being Thursday, Friday, tomorrow, because again, the the, um, the Belmont track has had a bit of traffic over already early in the season. Field sizes have been big too. Mm-hmm. Heavy horses. Yeah, <laughs> heavy horse the 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 rain is has when it's come it's come in in waves so the the numbers i'm seeing from vince Cardi's data data suggests that the track's a little bit slower than what they're putting out officially that in my opinion mm-hmm. so yeah hopefully it's a five i'm sort of thinking yeah five six but it's just a, such a great track uh, five, historically six. what's that sorry so it's halfway between a five or a six. I was leaning more towards a soft six. Regardless, okay. it shouldn't. It doesn't really change a lot for me and the way that I do my form. I think. I think I, I've. Oh, I just thought you got the the dart out and chuck the dartboard up <laughs> and then. Uh, well, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's I, the, don't I don't know me, how I can possibly say that to anybody at the moment, to be honest with you. Don't give me any ideas, Terry, especially with this Tab Touch Wesley Platinum main well, to kick things off. Talk about a dartboard. Race 1, 11.23am, a bumper 10 race Belmont Oaks program. This is a bit junky. This is a bit junky, this first race at Belmont on Saturday, Terry. Yeah, this is sort of 10 goals up, five minutes left. Both teams have got no interest. They're just kicking it around the back line for mm. all. Um, oh, I, I have minimal interest. There's actually one that's above my quote. I've got to have a bet on Miss Mark Goya, BJ. Um, the figure first up, um, figure, geez, I'm sounding like a data person. Data. I like that. It's run first up behind um, Karajani Aurora when finding the fence was huge. Repeats that, wins this by five. Um, three efforts since, some excuses in all, but you've got to save and a little disappointing in all as well. Just really like in a, in a race where there's a real lack of quality, a horse that can, can find the... If, if Fair One wasn't mm. in this race, and Fair One's a million to one, mm. but if Fair One wasn't in this race and Miss Margot was finding the top and I'm going to find the rail definitely, it would be a lobby of chips in job. Yeah. But being in the breeze, um, the horse hasn't performed as well. So look off Miss Margot, three bucks, currently four bucks, BJ. It's a bet. Okay. Not a lot at my end. You know my thoughts on these Saturday maidens. <laughs> Just come on, guys. Let's have a let's have a good look at these things. I think the last one we had there were seven runners in it. We got nine on Saturday, and it's basically a Mount Barker maiden, glorified Mount Barker that's, maiden. That's a bit stiff to Mount Barker maidens, I think, BJ. Yeah, it's narrow and like. At least this. you know the difference between this one and Mount Barker maiden. At least this one will run. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fair point, fair point. So I take your view on Miss Margot. I think her best is better than the rest. I just like the run of Just Under first up. Brett yeah. Pope, Bo Banovic Edwards yeah, did. Got sort of squeezed out at the start, settled a long way back. It made, made up a lot of ground to run third behind, behind El Mahalo. Cold rail too. Yeah, so 53 kgs. Bo Banovic Edwards gets a clear crack at him late. Might be able to knock off Miss Margot. I'm just going to tip Just Under. Yep, I've got those two a clear top two as well, BJ. So let's not do our ass in um, an 11.23am maiden that should be at a, a country track though, huh? Sounds like a plan, Guru. Race two. Yeah, this is the first division of the two-year-old plate, 1,200 metres. So it's the free entry to Belmont Park. Amazing nominations that we received for this juvenile yeah, race. Um, split it, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. This is the first division and uh, we see the return of Magic Million's second place getter, Surveillance. Question, what did you think of its trials? Blinkers off, first one. Blinkers on, second one. You know my theory that some two-year-olds don't come back. Has surveillance not come back? Well, the first leg of my preview was taking surveillance on trust because that's all I can really do. I didn't really like its trials. No, nah, trials were tra Second one was better with the, with the shades on, but yep. um, trials weren't good, were they? They weren't good, but following on from its first prep, second to Dom shoot. Ran second to Gemma's son, Watch Me Dance, run third in the Magic Moons. Mm. Like it's got outstanding form around three of the better two-year-olds we've seen in WA this season. Have to trust Jimmy Taylor to have this horse right. I'm with you. I didn't think its trials were that great, um, but maybe it's just one of those horses who's uh, saved its best for race day, Terry. I just think if Surveillance turns up, it should win, but I can see why people will be looking to, to take him on, that's for sure. And 
when you look at the way that Snickerdoodle Dandy, one of your favorite horse names, that it's one, Terry. Very um, good, yeah. Snicker, very the good. way that it finished mm-hmm. off on debut. She's God to You was a good debut. Blow Me Out, Jay McNaught has got off. She's God to You. Blow Me Out, that's an interesting name, isn't it? Yes. Um, I thought it's, I thought it's lead up Lark Hill Trial was good. There's a couple of others that you could make a case for. Are you looking to get Surveillance Beat, Terry? Oh, dearie, mate, I've, you've lost me a Blow Me Out. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, 100%. I love trying to get these early two-year-olds beaten. Mm. I was hoping they went up quite short surveillance looking at its previous runs. I was hoping it went up sort of artificially short because mm-hmm. of those two runs. It did got five bucks, which Brad, I think, got uh, it got absolutely spot on. I marked it longer, but you had to mark it favourite. I yeah. completely understand that. Uh, I doubt I'll be having a bet here, but well, actually, let me rephrase that. I will be having a bet here, but bet fair will determine what I'm going to back. Narrowed it down to five horses. I've marked them all. And I think one of them will get to a price. I think I actually quite liked Miss Ivy League last start mm. against Rain of Fire to run a, a pretty big race. Had nothing on. But it was a really good run, nice kick. There's not much speed underneath Miss Ivy League here, which actually is quite interesting in, in a race of this nature. King Lucifer will want to try and lead, but whether Steve can kick that horse out the gates and um, and, and and find the front, I, I do not know. Um, really like the runner, she's God to you, but it's been a long time since Darren Taylor has trained a winner. That was a huge, a huge debut run after a big yeah, trial yeah. as well. Yeah. And the trial was huge with Jade on. I think Jade had to ride for Brett Pope. Uh, Brett's giving her rides in um, enlisted races. And so you don't um, think that's a lean thing? You think that's potentially? More of a- I've actually probably they're the two I'm going to mark on top. Yeah. Um, she's got to you and blow me out. Uh, I want I want double figures to back either. Um, I loved in the it's very hard to tell. I hate the Lark Hill trials down that back straight, but it's very hard to tell. But Jade asked for an effort probably at the five four five hundred. Mm. Horse went past him and she's gone, Oh, hang on, I'm going too well here. Tried to reef it again and then tried to get and then she said, Okay, now I'm reefing it too much. It was a when she asked for that effort, the acceleration was super impressive. Yeah. I felt. Yeah, I liked um, it too. Yeah. It's all it's just very difficult to win on debut. So I'm gonna want the price. But um Marisha was great. First up run gets back, we'll run on. Um yeah, Miss Ivy League, Marisha. She's God to you. Blow me out and snicker, doodle, dandy. Very hard from 13. But, um, yeah, if we get a big price for any of those late, none of the prices are there yet, I'll, I'll have a look. But just a watch for me at this stage, BJ. Mm. Yeah, look, again, I, I didn't – I tip surveillance, just trusting Jimmy Taylor to have this, uh, this two-year-old ready to go on race day, but low confidence considering the two lead-up trials. So I can see – why the guru is is looking to play around the current favourite? If Snickerdoodle Snickerdoodle Danny is going to be last, but geez, it's um, its trials were good. It was an expensive yearling. It could be, there could be a three wide line. Could be a three wide. Yeah. Interesting to note: Snickerdoodle Danny wore blinkers on debut. Didn't wear blinkers in either of its lead up trials. It's that deep the trip. Not many two year olds can sit deep the trip and keep coming. So yeah, very impressive. But um, geez. Tough from thirteen. Tough from thirteen. Then again, he did it with a he did it with Calaroo midweek yep. from a wide gate for the, with a young horse. So um, it isn't impossible. Welcome return to form for the Dan Morton yard. Mm. Yeah, I just thought thought Snickerdoodle Dandy looks like it's got a bit of class about it. Yeah, just back on that blinker thing. I'm pretty sure you need to be approved to wear blinkers as a two year old. So I don't know how they got that through, but regardless, it just looks like it's a nice. Nice size, nice moving filly. Blow Me Out is a half-sister to Electric Light. 
okay. Terry from the uh, very high class Adam Durant trained sprinting mare. Um, electric light so there's actually some nicely bred two-year-olds in this race yeah i could see where you're going with miss ivy league they attacked in front the other day and stretched rain of fire uh previous run was huge as well on that yep. cold rail it was one of very few horses to actually box on on that cold yep. rail the previous day yep. but I'll, i'm tipping surveillance on class alone but i'm staying out from a betting point of view yep i'm uh, at this stage staying out i'll have a late spec i'm happy to back a drifter on the exchange okay Second leg of this uh, divided two-year-old race is the third on the card, 12.37 p.m., Old Mates Sports Bar and Eatery. That's where we were parked up last mm. Sunday, me and my mate, Brian K, BK. So they're over 1,200 metres. Yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting, interesting race. I'm quite keen on a first starter here, Mystery Man Terry. Did you see this horse's trials? I did, actually. and I, uh, Well... I wrote down my notes here, leave to BJ. I have minimal interest in having a bet uh, unless Mystery Man went up a price. That was basically my thought process. George Dupree, me, you, and George Dupree um, <laughs> has had, uh, I think, three, two or three first start winners in the last six months, and he doesn't have all that many runners. So I think he's a trainer you can trust with mm. horses without much race experience. Um, what are those horses, BJ? Mood Swings? Obviously, it's a very good horse. Uh, on that same day, something at 20 to 1 got up. Can't think of its name. And another one which didn't win on debut. but I Went think, super. The grey horse. What was it uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse it would have won yeah. if it drew a gate probably yeah. on debut. That was probably the difference. So mm. um, you can trust him, but... From barrier 10, to, you know, it's, it's difficult to win first up. The four, five, six bucks isn't enough for me. Um, big watch on Divine Beast. Really mm. like the trial. It went from Dion Luciani to Simon Miller. I presume Dion was just uh, breaking and educating the horse, and they probably had one run under his name, which was probably not a serious run. Um, but look for it to improve under Simon A. Miller. And interestingly, Chris Parnham has opted for Wonder Kid over Queen Brown. So mm. an interesting one there, but uh, not a race. I'll be playing. BJ. Just jumped on to Riser now and Queen Brown is out. So, right. uh, so that might explain that. So that solves that little riding booking issue there. So Chris Parnham is um, riding Wonderkind for his father and Queen Brown has been scratched. So for me, I, um, I've been really quite taken with Mystery Man's both its lead up trials. Looks like it's got plenty of talent. It actually comes from a really nice family on the dam side found actual peter's investments uh family uh so that lots of class through the pedigree has sat back and really worked home nicely in both his trial outings so far very few are riding better than jordan turner at the moment guru can care why is neon we'll get to it later yeah. you've been sacked off in a rodeo did you notice that i did notice that was in my notes we'll talk about that later we'll talk about that later his strike rate is excellent. He's really maturing as a rider. Um, confidence is high. He's doing. He's just doing a lot, a lot right at the moment. Geordie Turner, which is which is great. He is one of the riders that is really improving and starting to to get a really good grasp on the uh, on the craft. And yeah, look, he's he's only a young guy, but he's he's done a lot of riding. He's been in Victoria. He's back in Perth. He's just he's sort of wheels were spinning there for a while, but he's really hitting his straps at the moment. So 
Yeah, I like this horse, Mystery Man, on debut. I think with a reasonable run in transit, it can creep into the race on the turn and be ready to pounce on straightening. And um, I reckon uh, Geordie Turner will just guide this thing to victory, Terry. Oh, um, big call on a uh, first starter from Barrier 10. Yeah. Trials were okay. They weren't super. Yeah. That's a big call, but I like it. Well, I mean, Queen Brown for me was probably – one of the biggest dangers, it's out. There's something about the way this horse, is, this horse moved in its trials. I'm really, really impressed. And I, yeah, I can make cases for other horses such as um, Divine Beast, as you said, and Holyoke and WonderCon, but I don't actually think this is, this is that strong. No, um, no, it doesn't look too strong either. No, I, like, I mean, Astro Warrior, Bumper Humper, there's, yeah, you could you could talk about half the horses in this field. Yeah. I, it just, uh, to me, it's just, we don't have any idea. No. It's that simple. If, if you like the way something moves in a trial that you have, that, that's that's as good a lead as you're possibly going to get in races nature. Yeah, yeah. So, on debut, Mystery Man, I think it'll win. The, hopefully, it gets out. It's 360 on the local at the moment, which that's is a bit thin. So, maybe that might have been an adjustment post Queen Brown scratching, mm -hmm. so perhaps that's a bit of an artificial price at the moment. But I'll be looking for closer to four fifty-five dollars. That would be my sort of hitting range, Terry. Okay, I'm staying out. All right, race four. Here we go. It's the Amelia Park handicap over fourteen hundred meters. Showmanship. Before we get to showmanship, just want to discuss a placement issue. I uh, I might have already mentioned this to you, but uh, I just want to oh, yeah. verbalise it publicly. So Fry's gift yesterday um, was nommed with Aussie Galadion, Aussie, 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 and um, <laughs> it was scratched in an extremely winnable race on a wet track, and this is this horse is a genuine swimmer, um, to be saved to race against showmanship, seven points uh, to 71 Raider and a 78 plus, so seven points out of its – handicap effectively um yeah again to race against showmanship in a race that won't lead because wrinkley's in or it could lead maybe wrinkley could land the death but on a dry track how do you possibly make that decision that this is a more suitable race than the one um yesterday and the way that one short went forward and kicked on and the way that race was run mm. it, it was definitely not impossible to win that. in fact it just about probably wins that race. Yeah, I mean, Beat three. the Bell grabbed it last start. Yeah. Beat the Bell came out around a cracker last week, and that was on a cold rail. Like, all you tell Aussie to do is jump the horse and just keep it off the rail, get to the centre of the track in the straight. Matt, just complete and utter madness. Yeah. Like, some of, the, some of this, like, they've, they're the, winner, the winners for the Brian Rogers, yeah, they, they, don't get me wrong, he, he trains a few winners here and there, but they're not free-flowing. You well, can't be giving up opportunities like that for a race. This what, is what simply, price, this will be 100 it, to 1 on Saturday. What price have been yesterday? Uh, it was actually 11, 10, 11 yeah. to 1, I think, but I, I marked it and another punter who doesn't mind a bit of a bet had marked it considerably shorter. Yeah. Um, I hadn't had anything on at that stage. But it's a, it's a genuine 101 pop on Saturday. It is, yeah, 100% so it is. The, yeah. the yep. decision is mind-boggling. Yep. Yeah, yeah. In, in saying that, yeah. it's it's not impossible at the weight to run a, a cheeky race from barrier one. I'm yep. not saying that, but mind-boggling. I don't get it. Well, um, what was the more winnable race? Yeah, know? what was – yeah, just um, – And even if it – even like say showmanship – They've scratched at the gates, right? Yeah. Right. And they win this, they get 12 points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've cost themselves three wins for the price of one. Don't get it anyway. Negativity never got us anywhere. That's uh, that's what that's what we learned while we were away, BJ. We're really going to come back positive and just going to really embrace the uh, – really embrace everything. So was that, Showmanship. Was, was that the main – Main learning was it? Yeah, it was. I had more positive, positive frame of mind. Uh, exactly right. That's that was the um, that was the overwhelming uh, feeling. Right. Showmanship. I marked it a dollar ten. 
Brad went up a dollar twenty four this morning. If I was a, a little thin old punter, I would have taken that. But um, I'm not. This will win again unless something goes horribly wrong. I do like the fact we might see an interesting race with Wrinkly Fries Gift Abdicator with yep. Lacta Rail Romoli on board. Um, so we might see a bit of pace in it and it might stretch showmanship, but that may just mean that um, showmanship wins by, wins by further. further. <laughs> yeah. Potentially. Easy one for me. Showmanship, I'm not going to look at a place bet because um, – yeah, nothing stands out for a second. If you take showmanship out, it's actually mm. quite a good race. It's a crack. It's R- a real shame. Wrinkly, Abdicator, yeah. even a little bit of Gangbuster perhaps, but then you got Mankind who's flying, not to be missed, second up. So, yeah, like it's it would be quite a, uh, quite a good tussle, but showmanship just looks like he could be anything, this mm-hmm. horse. Jeez, Bob's got some weapons, and this, this fellow is like right at the top of the tree. Yeah, like I think he's got to relish this tempo too, the abdicator, mm-hmm. wrinkly tempo, 54 and a half. Do they continue just to pick the eyes out of the program? Peter's investment. Um, I, talk, I talk about placement and, yeah. and it's not hard. Bob, he's just very good at, at placing them. And they, why not pick up your your six or seven checks on your way through than trying to go – I just don't get it. There's a horse later on for Paul Tapper called Uber Mover. I was mm. going to make it a horse to follow. Yeah, it was a good It's run a C1 – and so was its previous yeah. run. It's a C1 horse. What are you doing? Mm. Why, why are you going – Paul hasn't won a race in, in 10 – no, you probably need a – Calm down a little bit here. Positivity, positivity. <laughs> but I just don't understand it. I mean, you can find the nice little C1. The best part is we'd get a price about yeah. that, a nice little C1 on a Thursday. So I'm probably thinking as a punter here, what are you doing chucking it out in this type of race? But uh, placement, Bob, good at it. It's simple stuff though. It's not hard. It's really simplistic stuff. Yeah. So showmanship just wins again. The only other thing I'd like to mention is Rail Romoli, Lucky Lacta. Mm. Last Saturday. Rail Romoli. He had two rides for this reason why, and Pike chose, I'm guessing, chose to ride the other. So this Lucky lacked Could out. have been weights, but I reckon it would have Lucky been was choice. on the second stringer, right? Yep. Beat he's, him home. He's beat him home twice. Better jockey. Lucky that's all, that's all it Lucky actually, two, it? wizard naught. Yeah, he's a better jockey. That's all you can come up with. Yeah. There's no other conclusion to draw, BJ. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you, I noticed that you, and, you were very impressed with the way that he rode the rail on uh, He's a passionate second. rail rider. That's like, I'm not even joking. He is the second best rail rider passionate in Perth. He really gets into him. Other jockey, you need to, I think when the rail... There's something unquantifiable about horses picking up on rails. You need a strong jockey. Horses naturally won't do it on their own steam. You need a jockey to really wake them up and get them through that rail. So not the the, the English style or the, the the Matthew Ortier type style. He was not a bad rails rider. He did prefer being 12 deep, but mm-hmm. he wasn't a bad um, rails rider in his day because he's a nice, strong, aggressive jockey in the saddle. You see- Flamboyant. Flamboyant. That's the word I'm after. Flamboyant. <laughs> yes. Showmanship. Anyway. The showmanship show rolls on. Yeah, this, ho- this horse could be anything, Pundas. That's pretty obvious, isn't it, the way that he's been going. So this recent white vortex is spinning and showmanship should be winning. Mm-hmm. Um, Not to be missed second for me, comfortably as well. Mankind? No, there's a big, big weight swing because of the ratio. ratings and Jade loses her claim, so it makes that swing more pronounced. Okay, I'll, um, I'll race home for a can of Coke. How's done, that? All locked right. in. All right. Uh, pancakes, actually. Pan- yeah. <laughs> My with, with, with pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> Quick shout out to our friends at the Mundaring Hotel who are very keen to get the WA Racing Mastermind competition rebooted as of next week. So all you WA Racing history buffs, 
Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be uh, pumping out some questions for you guys to answer to be in the running to win a gift voucher to be used up at the Mundaring Hotel. Now, they have been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. The Mundaring is getting back into the swing of things as government restrictions continue to be eased. Log on to their website or Facebook page for more information on their current COVID-regulated setup. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Feed, flutter, frothies up at the Mundaring. And just another reminder, WA Racing Mastermind Competition will be back on the next week's edition of the 1-1. Oh, looking forward to it. Race 5. Devil's Lair Handicap, mm. Special Conditions, Graduation. I sort of was swanning around. There's, there's a, what were you doing? There's a bunch of- What were you doing? Swanning. Swanning, okay. There's a bunch of three-year-olds in this race who mm. sort of shuffled their way to the top of my- Those that can't see BJ right now, he's actually swanning around the, uh, the microphone <laughs> as well and he's gesticulating a fair bit at the moment. <laughs> sorry, I haven't listened to a word you said. Start again, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> the, three, um, the point is, is that- the three-year-olds who have consistently um, outpointed the older horses in the second half of this racing season, they look like to have have the older horses covered again, namely Levitate. Uh, he's, he stands out as a horse to be. He's coming through some absolutely cracking mm. three-year-old sprint races, taking on some very highly regarded youngsters. Levitate should should roll forward with Chloe over as a party. The speed and look, in this? Minimal. Very minimal. Finds a rail, less Buddley lad. Uber mover. Buddley lad's drawn outside. Yeah. And doesn't go all, I think, fresh. Buddley lad takes a while to, will we'll take a while to wind up into it. I have no issue with Buddley lad not crossing. Levitate. At worst, levitate. You'd think Breeze is outside Uber yeah. mover. But yeah. I think Uber mover will be a better horse with a sit, but I wouldn't really. The fact that's running, you, the fact that's running in this race, I wouldn't really be uh, <laughs> trying would, to guess their tactics. To how be would honest. you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, like he's he's coming through some really really good races. Levitate. I tend to think he's more of a chaser, but uh, I can still see him landing in front in this race and being being too good. The other three odds that I have a lot of time for is So War. I thought his first up Northern Run was really good perhaps the best run of the day. He'll be getting back and working home. Might be looking for a mile this prep, but I reckon he can run a bottler at- uh, A at, bottler? Uh, yeah, a bottler. And obviously Montalina and Tiffa Spoken are the other three-year-olds that are gonna um, have their share of admirers. Is the jury out on Montalina a bit at the moment, Guru? The jury has to be out, yeah. but um, I think you can forgive first up. And I think later in the day, that rail was probably a little bit Probably not the best spot to be. He had the 61 first up at the, was it 1300? It's almost Bernard? like Tiff has spoken just out, like the momentum sort of just carried her. Yeah, carried him well, past. forgetting all track patterns, you've got to say the, the seas parted for Pikey and Montalina mm. there. But 61 on a slightly rain-affected track where you haven't had a run over the 1300 for a few months. I don't know. It's a bit of a difficult situation. Big weight drop here. Pikey sticks with a Cerise and White, but I'm – firmly out of the Cerise and White bubble. I don't think Truly Great is one of Bob's Ferraris and the fact they've got it first up at the 1,400 metres is a suggestion of that often as well. Um, happy to – I've got Truly Great 13 to 1, so the $5 or – so what's Truly Great at the moment, BJ, around that $5 mark? It's a, it's a bit of a knock for me. That's Truly, a yeah, a, Truly Great, five fifty, six dollars That's yeah. a bit of a knock on the door for me, but um, no, really happy to narrow this down to two. Didn't think I'd get the price to play the pair, but um, I'm expecting big – 
Mark my words, it'll be big Montalina money. The 550 whatever at the moment is just an absolute. Uh, that will be the best price you will see for Montalina. Um, I I had Levitate just on top. I think I marked them 250. Montalina are a tick over three bucks. Mm. So as you can see, no brainer bets. So it's um at around the 280 Levitate to the 550 Montalina. Back them both, and I'm thinking I'm probably with the current prices and how I like to play it, I'm probably gonna go the same mistake on both, making Montalina a far better result okay. of the pair. Um, but, geez, it does look a really nice map for Levitate. I just think that Montalina might have that little bit more in it. Tiff has spoken the uh, fly in the ointment horse mm. who gets a nice map on him. I don't know if so was up to these. I don't think up to those two top good ones. I'm just not certain, especially from nine. It's going to have to out-sprint Montalina. I don't know. But as you said, jury's still out, Montalina. So mm. we'll, we'll learn a lot more about um her on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see. Levitates uh, got beaten a lip by Aberdeen Queen, got beaten a lip by Indian Pacific, and then uh, ran into two pretty good fillies in Bright Diamond yep. and Puckapunyal last Saturday. And there was a massive gap back to fourth. I think it was only beaten a half length on the line. Got class, positivity from the high draws, their only option. If it finds the rail in front, it could could be lights could, out. yeah it could be this um, is one of those races i was talking about earlier so i mean as i said i've got levitate on top and clearly on top yeah. levitate should be winning I'll, I'll just be monitoring the track at this stage of proceedings if there's any form of bias in the first four races to those racing on speed it'll become a very uh heavy levitate play um and if it does look like horses um with cover are suited i'll be making my bigger result montalina BJ, so um, really, really happy that those two have gone up backable prices and um, are definitely into Levitate, but won't be losing Montalino. Yeah, I was around $3 Levitate. Were you shorter than that? Did you two say 250 Levitate and just over 3 to 1 mm. um, Montalino. Part of me, I mean, I, I just said I'd probably equal state the pair, but I think you, you've got to make that decision um, later. The problem is with Montalino, you might need to take the price early that's mm. the issue because it might not last there was big money for levitate last saturday against mm -hmm. uh, those two fillies that i spoke about yes um previously so um yeah he's he's always pretty well found in the market levitate so i see that he opened 310 locally courtesy of brad mcmanus so interesting to see how that market changes or evolves close mm -hmm. to the start time but for me clear on top levitate i think you'll roll forward it's going to take a fair horse to get past him i'd say yeah, truly great. We'll get the absolute wobbles in that market. I think we'll get the collie wobbles. Mm. Might do a bit of a bit steel side bottom out the front door, I reckon. A bit of <laughs> a mirror, mirror moon type situation. It might do, yes. It might. All right, race six. The C Corp handicap over the 1,000 metres for the three-year-olds, uh, the 62-plus. This is a um, really intriguing race where I think the conditions and the, and the speed map uh, are probably the most noteworthy and probably the, the things we need to discuss, BJ, is um, first of all, who's going to be suited? Because a lot of these, I'm mainly saying Boomtastic and Mood Swings and She's Enchanted, 1,200 to 1,000. And who's going to be suited by the map and how will the map eventuate, BJ? I'm quite keen on one, but I'd like to hear your thoughts first. Okay, so Mitchell Pateman going on to Mia Dolce for me suggests that they'll be... Uh, Shades off. Shades off? Shades off. Yeah, right. Okay, interesting. I, I just... 
I actually don't. I'm really confused about yeah. what they're going to do with old Mia D. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you'd have much choice with her, really. Um, but We've Got Dreams is a very, very fast beginner. Chloe has a party, gets them out of the machine, good. Mia Dolce shades off. We've Got Dreams probably has the jets early to cross and rail in front. If, if she does, if it Mitch changes. If desperate, he can probably hold it, yeah. but maybe they're not going to be desperate because yeah. they're, they've been they've been leading and failing so maybe that's when you think but, oh, and let's, leading let's mix leading it up. tentatively though not like yeah, yeah, not like she school. used to yeah. you know um it's i just think there's only really one way with her mm-hmm. uh mia dolce so maybe they maybe this is the opportunity to learn with a bit of speed in this race let something else lead take a sit doesn't work like mm-hmm. they did with zebel perhaps just just try it once learn and then um move on yeah so not that i'm saying that's the right option but. there's big changes here if Mia Dolce holds up compared to whether we've got dreams, crosses, mm-hmm. and leads. It's a real significant part of the puzzle here. My initial thoughts is that Mia Dolce would lead. We've got dreams outside Mia Dolce. She's enchanted, three wide, no cover. Where's Boomtastic? Tracking, she's enchanted. Three wide, no cover? Three wide, yeah. cover. Okay. The other option is I don't think she's enchanted jumps that well, but I reckon they'll be pretty keen to go yeah. forward after what happened last. I think they're probably going one too many, she's enchanted, unless she didn't get the 1,200. I think it was a good time to turn her out personally. But if they do kick up Mia Dolce and we've got dreams in there, <laughs> scooting along. Boomtastic's a super beginner. Yeah. And I think that Boomtastic can then potentially slot in like uh, they did two starts ago yeah. when Pike was riding. But I have Boomtastic breezing. We've got Dreams crossing Mia Dolce. Blinkers off. Just to me, it says suggests they're going to be happy taking a sip. And I think Boomtastic will breeze, Okay. to be honest. I think going back to the thousand, it's got to be the most suited. Uh, Mood Swings is a super horse. I, I was, I know he tipped Bright Diamond and I was pretty keen Bright Diamonds two weeks ago, but I was a little bit dirty at myself because I'd marked Mood Swings a clear uh, second favourite. It was double the price I'd marked. It didn't have a cent on. It was one of those ones where I was a um, dirty, dirty guru, dirty guru. Very, uh, very disappointed in myself. Jeez, I hate the word guru. I sound like an absolute wanker. Um, but look, I, I, Boomtastic for me is easily the bet here. Easily, easily, easily the bet here. Breezing, I worry that Amelia's on fire. Might grab Boomtastic's back and Boomtastic could be a sitting duck late. I'd far prefer cover. Don't know exactly how the map will eventuate. We can speculate all we want in a few different ways, but I just think Boomtastic, Pike's two for two on the horse. I think last start, Pike held Boomtastic in with um, Bright Diamond, I think. And Chloe, while there's nothing in the stewards report, I don't think Chloe ever really got the room required to accelerate like she probably wanted to. Got, got sort of jammed up behind yeah, me. Yeah, 100%. Dolce. Yeah, might have been better off leading, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah ex- exactly right. It was, a, it was a difficult ride in that mm. sense from Chloe. I think we sort of discussed that might, might end up eventuating being on the back of probably the first horse beaten, which is always going to be likely. Yeah. So let's view the bar wide barrier here as a positive. And um, look, I've marked Boomtastic just because I couldn't find anything else in the market. I've marked Boomtastic $2.40. So it's gone up four forty, and um, yeah, at that price, it's a... It's a Harry Hopping for me, BJ. Mm. Where have you gone? I'm leaning towards mood swings. Yeah. Howie, three wide line cover. Just following Pike. Yeah. Just following Pike. I'm going for George Dupre, Jordan Turner. Double. Double. Mm. Fill your boots, punters. <laughs> so really like mood swings. Obviously, we spoke about him um, when, before he won, saying that he was, uh, he was the biggest danger to bright diamond and he did a few things wrong ended up outside leader tempo did suit bright diamond got strung up a bit launched but the wind was good i just think back to the thousand with pike and boomtastic the hardest to beat drawn directly inside them geordie turner 
is switched on enough to try and track Boomtastic everywhere it goes. And I think Mood Swings has the engine to track, stalk, peel, and maybe just get over the top of Boomtastic late. They're the two, aren't they? They're the two. To me, they really yeah. look like the two. And le- oh, unless really Amelia's on fire turns yes, it on, but yes, I, I yes. can't catch Amelia's on fire. I don't know about you, Terry. I, uh, she's she's eluded me th- throughout soft her trial. career. Yeah. It was a nice soft trial. And yeah. uh, first up last campaign was a really nice run when settling in an unfamiliar position. Went poorly. Second up in that famous Condor Heroes race <laughs> where um, they, we won't even discuss that one infamous. again. But it's infamous. infamous. Look, I always am wary. A bit of an old rule of mine um, is that when a younger horse has an off campaign, I always just want to – see that horse perform again before we jump back in. If the price was there, I'd, I'd consider it. It's all yeah. about prices for me. As you know, I think I marked – I actually marked Millie's on fire second, equal second favourite with Mood yep. Swings because the map really worried me here with, with Mood Swings. But, yeah, boomtastic for me. I think he'll breeze – that's my concern, yeah. though. I think she'll breeze, and that could leave her a sitting duck if your map eventuates. Very much so. But um, the price is there to have a bet. Okay, good. So I'm with Mood Swings, narrowly over boomtastic. Uh, not a bad little race this with – Horses like Wine Night, got mm. some plenty of upside, hasn't it? I put put a spell on you as a horse to follow. This isn't her race. I'm no. surprised they came back to the thousand. Would love to see her maybe taking on the older horses in a graduation up in trip, maybe a 12, 13, 1400 meters moving forward. Follow, put a spell on you, not on Saturday though. That's not her race. But for me, mood swings, George Dupre, Geordie Turner, get on. You're in the vortex. <laughs> yeah, sure am. Race the, uh, seven. The, now first this, leg? This is the first leg. It is the first leg of the uh, the the quadrilla, the Kieran Magumi handicap. Uh, 66 plus over the 1,200 metres, and we see another boom three-year-old taking on the older horses. BJ, can you get Indian Pacific beaten here? Well, I know if Pete McCormick was here. He'd be declaring it. He just chips mm. in. Chips in Indian Pacific, and rightly so. It's tasted defeat once it in was five third, starts. Third up last campaign when it popped. This is third up here. Third up, yep. I can get a beat on paper anyway. Yeah. Um, I got a beat on paper so but I don't think that's going to... Uh... <laughs> I actually thought I got a beat last start with Levitate. I'm convinced I got a beat, but oh, it was geez. before he was beaten before and after the post, yeah, but right on the line, he was still in front. Yeah. So Indian Pacific, really, really good sprinting three-year-old, really good. Neville Parnham's got a cracker here. Chris Parnham goes on for the first time. Is that right? Replacing yeah, Brad's been Brad, who's, got, who's has appendicitis, I believe. Oh, no. He's probably going to cross and lead the thing that's different Bo Benavik Edwards on Maginica comes across from nine and just applies a bit of a blowtorch to Indian Pacific uh, what do you think I think this might work do you know how you often discuss that um, that horse rolling forward and making you go that little bit quicker can is suit? a better result yeah. I think it may be because Maginica 1600 to 1400 back to 1200 I think back at this journey I don't know if Maginica is going to go quick enough to worry Indian Pacific I, I just thought that he'd, Indian Pacific has got away with a bit in front, its last two, mm-hmm. has enjoyed relatively soft leads on both occasions. Tempo and the pressure is going to be slightly different uh, for me. Roadblocks. Maginica on board, potentially. Double bubble in, on, in, on the dry as well. Um, Termambo likes to be cruising three deep, working forward. Probably won't be with Jade, but he no. likes, likes to be ridden that sort of way. Arafura will probably try and pop forward, but again, don't think Arafura has a speed to, to worry them out yeah. and in front. So on paper... I'm, look, I'm looking towards Long Beach mm. to knock off Indian Pacific. Was a bit of a whatever happened to from you a few weeks ago, Terry. They just appear once we mention them. And then he stepped out in a, a backstroke trial at Lark Hill. 
Good time was there, worked to the line nicely. First up, second up, last prep was super impressive. This I Am Invincible Cerise and White uh, three-year-old. It's got actually got gate speed, so I think he won't be last on Long Beach. Interesting you say that, BJ. Mm. So this is how I I I must I am very strong in the you Pacific. Jam, you're gonna jam Long Beach into the one one. I'm not gonna know I can't <laughs> jam in the unfortunately, I can't jam into the one one. But I wanted to look at this map. So if you order it in barrier order from one to eleven, and then you go look upwards from Long Beach has got eleven. So barrier ten, double bubble, forward. Barrier nine, Maginica forward. Barrier eight, Arafura forward. Mm. So straight away, three horses are going to be going forward. That's a nice little, you can whack him behind. Barrier seven, Thard can't get out the gates. Yeah, out the so Thard's out the back. So mm. boom. In my mind, Long Beach is basically jumping from seven, yep. not from 11, if that makes sense. There should be enough happening up front, enough for Pike to get in behind and work in behind. And um, this is probably the greatest example of a race where um, – I do think in the Pacific, I do think the 275 is a, a great price. Um, and whatever it went up this morning was a nice price for me. Something close to three bucks was an easy bet for a horse. I've marked a flat even money. Um, but in saying that, so this is one of those races I was talking about uh, in the preamble, BJ. If they, if the rail is cold or if they're not kicking on, the horses need cover on the day for whatever reason, mm. certain set of circumstances eventuate, yeah, I would very much consider changing how you play this race. Long Beach is a super horse. I can see Long Beach landing sixth, seventh. Doesn't have to be back last, even though drawn car park. Um, how often does he do it though? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. We saw it on. We, we all, I mean, a lot of us were taking on Western Rhythm yesterday and he gets Western Rhythm from an awkward gate basically onto the back of Jono, mm. um, which didn't give him the card up he wanted, but it ended up just eventuating perfectly. But just just moved out the way for him. Yeah, exactly right. It happens time after time. And this yeah. one is one you can actually see on paper how it's going to happen. Yeah. But look, to be honest, in the Pacific, it, it's going to be out in front. This is arguably easier than what he beat last start and he's down half a kilo. Mm. So, look, if you're getting more than double your money like we are with Indian Pacific, it's, it's a bet for me at this stage. And if the track squares up and looks a bit funnier and off pace in the day, then I'll probably have something on Long Beach too. But um, can't look any further. Love Sir Mambo as a horse. Yeah. But um, I, just think, I just think these two might How have something on How big was that run? Again, yeah. the other day. Yeah, we're going to continue to say that, though. That's, that's yeah, what he's yeah, going to do. Yeah, he might be one of those Yeah, he's going to keep putting in those type of runs. But Pike, uh, yeah, it's yeah, – yeah, you always like to have something on um, a Peter's investments youngster coming through the grades in a 66 plus when it's a 66 raider, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But just in this situation, they might be running into one that's too good from the front. Yeah. Yeah. Look, everything that Terry said rings true. He's going to have field position advantage. Is a pretty classy horse, Indian Pacific, as we've discussed already. For me, I just feel as though the, the tempo and the uh, conditions will be, I, I guess, a different puzzle for Indian Pacific to encounter. If the pressure is on via the horses that Terry said will are capable of working for to create that sort of tempo, I just feel as though Long Beach with Pike on board can stalk its way into the race, be within striking distance on straightening, and it's got some real closing speed, this fellow. Is it enough to get over the top of Indian Pacific? We'll wait and see. What but. I looked at that as well. So last campaign, Long Beach got over the top. It's the the win that I probably would look at, which is probably going to have to be similar, would yep. be the win over Lipstick Flickers. Yep. But I think Indian Pacific's a far superior horse to Lipstick Flickers. So okay. that's sort of a line I drew through it. But it's it's luck in a run. It's how, it's how, it's how well Pike rides it. And uh, also with Chris Parnham, how, how big a kick. He doesn't want to be going to um, – he yeah, doesn't that, want to be – That's the other thing, Chris Parnham's first look. Yeah, on. exactly. And that's – that's always, a, yeah. that's always a minor concern. But, yeah, um, yeah. lean to any in Pacific, but let's wait for the day. Not a race I'm going to get too heavily involved in. Moving on, race eight, the 
listed Aquanita Stakes for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings, set weights, 2,000 metres. Bit of a thin old edition this year. and mm, It's a thin old edition most years, isn't it? Oh, just, it went through some of the winners. That, this is, in this time, is, they might look good. That's the thing, though, in time. In time, perhaps. Mm. We, yeah, so uh, it's interesting that the favourite is a horse that's come from Maiden, Class 1, Class 3, and all of a sudden it's lobbed, and it's, it's uh, William Pike, Lindsay Smith, and it's opened up favourites dominating well, the market, Uncle Dick. One thing I wanted to ask you, do you, do you think Dick's a little bit short? <laughs> Yeah, Dick is a little bit short, a little bit thin as well, isn't he? So, hang on, um, let's, hang on let's have a pause for a minute. <laughs> right, what are we talking? No, I was only joking. I was only joking. Keep it going. Um, yes, no, Dick is. Uh, how many more Dick jokes are until we kick on with this properly? All right, that's it. Um, we got a bit carried away with Blow Me Out yeah. earlier. Yeah, so. we did. Yeah, Uncle, yeah, that's probably. I might have saying on the double actually, mm. Uncle Dick into Blow Me Out. All right, let's call him Richard. Uncle Richard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Richard, yeah. I do. Uh, I, I liked the runs of Uncle Richard. Debut beat nothing, but um, did beat nothing in real style. Mm. Second up, uh, I was on second up. Um, we got a fair price. Surprisingly, it was a it was a it was a funny old one. It was because irritable Rodney was on the track, but That's that was right. a day yeah. where the uh, the off rail was playing best as well. Last it was sort of last horse standing. Then came out. Um, Came out a week ago, nine days ago, when running uh, second to Rock and Ruler. I, I don't know. I, I can't see how Uncle Dick's two dollars eighty in a in a listed race. I, I think, especially from the stable, he's got he's got the most scope to be a nice stayer and everything. But he's going to have to he's going to be dead last in the run again. It's his hardest test to date, and he's right racing at the two thousand for the first time. There's no way in the world he's a two dollar eighty chance, is there, BJ? What about if we just Take the name Aquanita Stakes off the race. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And just just make it the the one one WA Racing podcast handicap. We got, we got or, that in the plate rather because we got that in the budget. <laughs> so like, scrap the fact that it's a listed like. Uh, I know what you mean though. Yeah, sometimes we look at things. Go, oh, hang on, this is a seventy eight plus. I don't think this horse is any better than a sixty. So, so hang on, there's no actual. I know, I know exactly what you mean by that. And this is, uh, I think, Brad actually messaged me yesterday and yep. said he haven't, I haven't done the market for the glorified class three yet. Yeah, because Tin Snips is the highest rated horse, seventy four, but it hasn't two year old the year. Yeah, champion two year old. Mm, um, questionable. <laughs> hasn't hasn't got warm since. So then you've got that's funny as who's won a. Graduation, I think, on a Saturday Ascot. No apology. Had done nothing really until it won a graduation last What did you Saturday. think about it? Did you think that was a um, – what's the terminology? What did you think about the big money for no apology? Again, I've, I've seen this in retrospect, the big money for no apology and then leading for the first time in its career um, and they've gone 15 lengths below. Well, I just think it was just that sort of race. I, I had played the fifth leading mm -hmm. but reluctant leader and it was coming across – there was just – there was no – I think it just landed there. There was yeah. no, there was no leader in the race. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, look, if the money's on and you're, uh, you can take advantage of that situation and nothing's going to put any pressure on you, then you got to take that. But I can see why some people amongst us are frustrated, I suppose, with the way that <laughs> race panned out. But yeah, you're right. It was, uh, it was a gift. It's funny. I've been, I've been following No Apology all prep actually, and decided to eject last Saturday. So mm. uh, the the Stephen Miller yard and the very sharp operators that are in the ownership were a bit too clever for yours truly, Terry. Got the chockies. Got the chockies. But yeah. So my point is, is, is it, it's just a three it's a race. race. It's just a race. Just a race. I which agree. is why I can see why Uncle Dick, why the market has framed itself the way it has, and why I think Uncle Dick's probably going to win.
You do? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think the market's a little bit of a cock-up for uh, Uncle Dick, to yep. be honest with you, BJ. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying there. I just can't justify the $2.80 for a horse that's going to be dead last. And I, well, I thought it hit, he hit the line nicely last start and stretched out well, as you like to say. He stretched mm. out really nicely. Um, he, I think he's going to have to elevate to a to another level again. I think we can only speculate yeah. in, in regards to who's going to stay the trip. I mean, we learned nothing from no apology a, a week ago in such a slowly run race over the mile. Eurasia, I think, might be a sprinter. I'm not convinced Eurasia. It was a nice run over the mile last campaign. So, But again, I'm... I'm not certain. Eurasia from Barrier One. I like the Pontiff going back mm. on. I think that's a that's a big positive. Maricino. I don't know if any of these are a couple of mass stayers, but they're lower class stayers like your Arrow Swifts and Marxians. Mm. But look, for me, it was a pretty easy selection. I think are you I, on I, Fura? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah I am on Fura. Yeah, mm. I, I found it impossible to to really look elsewhere. Would have loved a little bit of um, sting out of the ground. That's that's definitely the the turn off for mm. me. But um, Fura's run some really good races in the dry too. I think. The wet track form might just be somewhat coincidental. Definitely a better horse in the wet, but not a horror show in the dry. I think Chris Parnham lands in the 1-1. One, one. What, um, what about the impressive racing dual nomination setup? This is part of their game plan there. How have you got this? Marxian leading. Marxian that's leads. funny as. Yeah. Breeze, uh, Arrow Swift leaders back and Fura 1-1 one, one, or yeah. something, something like that. Obviously, it never works out exactly to plan, but something of that nature to me makes sense. Fury was huge. First up, beat Jake Star by four on a dry track with a sit with big weight. So that's the thing I want to look at here. Fury carries the big weight. So while he is the second best weighted horse in this race behind two-year-old the year, Tin snip. Um, I think that's that's a really integral part to look at. Then he was he was good behind Resort Man, um, beaten two point eight lengths. Uh, it was just it was just they were just better than him yeah. that day. He then came out, set a cracking tempo uh, in the WA Day Cup at Northern. That was a really big effort to go at that tilt with the sixty one and still hold on. Uh, really paddled the last fifty, but he had to paddle the last fifty the way he went. Um, then last start, he's beaten nine lengths. Paris and George. He was great. Huge. That was huge. Huge. He was for Car- I mean, Kira Yule. Kara. I, I corrected myself. <laughs> Kira was on an absolute hiding to nothing with that ride. Like, it's a horse you'd prefer to have closer to the speed. It was just- I think a, they went 10 lengths above benchmark. They, oh, they went absolutely mad. Crazy, and yeah. on the turn, he was traveling so nicely. Still, he had to. I mean, the the, the, uh, the balloon had to burst. The bubble had to be pricked. And that's but, exactly but don't what forget, happened. Don't forget that nine lengths. It was five lengths back to third, third yeah, which exactly was no right. apology. Yeah, exactly so, right. Yeah. And, well, the one thing I like to look at when horses do the work loom up and then when they're gone, I always like to just say to people, think about yourself running and when you've had enough and you had to go another couple hundred metres but you're completely done, mm. you stop dead. You absolutely stop dead. And the margin of defeat can often be amplified mm. due to the fact you're completely and utterly gassed. So I wouldn't be um, too concerned about that. And... BJ, I've got fear of favourite. I didn't actually – the market's already up for this, so I just did a sort of an indicative market order and um, I basically just said fear around the $5 mark would probably get me involved. It was 9 bucks at the time. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I was the same price as well, yeah. I think I wobbled that in a little bit, but um, yeah – Fira for me, not not bursting with confidence as we don't know who's going to run out the 2,000, mm. but um, easy bet. Yeah, I wasn't that keen on this race one bit, actually. Uh, I was tossing up between Fura and Uncle Dick. Might have got sucked into a bit of a Lindsay Smith factor following his uh, winning treble mm-hmm. uh, at Belmont yesterday. What about the other relation? What about Cousin Ivan? Cousin Ivan. Yeah, you got uh, 
Did you hear the race call? They're actually racing the same race, didn't they, those two? Uncle Dick and Cousin, and Cousin Ivan. Ivan. It's like a family reunion. Yeah, yeah that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Actually, Cousin Ivan was good last time. No, I was actually serious. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah, Cousin yeah. Ivan's come up. Um, well, I presume, as I said, I didn't mark the race. But yeah, um, yeah I think Cousin Ivan wouldn't be the worst each way investment yeah. at that near $20 mark. So, yeah, look, wrapping up, I tipped Uncle Dick narrowly ahead of Führer, but with flip of the coin type stuff. I think you're right with Paul Harvey going on to Eurasia. I think he's looked a bit one pace this prep. Maybe the 2000 with a bit of tempo likely from Marxian might suit him. Low draw as well. Uh, maybe a bit of a drier track as Terry has been talking about will help. But yeah, no confidence. I just think um, Uncle Dick looks like a horse with a bit of sense of timing. Stretching out to 2000, Lindsay Smith on fire. W Pike gets his first feel of him. Uh, Uncle Dick on top. Very good. All right. The feature race of the day, the uh, listed Belmont Oaks for the three-year-old fillies at the set weights over the 2,000 metres. I reckon this will be a race to divide opinions. Question, Terry. Do you yes. think any of the horses in the Aquanita would run top four in the Belmont Oaks? No. I don't think they would. No. No. So I wasn't ready for that. I had to think about it. No, definitely not. A bit no, of an, bit of an indictment not, no. on the uh, the males. The males, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I've always said it's a female world. So <laughs> I, uh, I, no, they wouldn't. They, they definitely wouldn't. They might nick fourth, perhaps, but there's Maybe, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a real, uh, this is a real standout lot. Even a couple of the outsiders, um, I would have loved to have seen. Well, I'd love to have seen be a different gender if they were a male and in the other race, uh, they would have been a big. Chance, so no, um, they wouldn't have BJ. But uh, the market has this as the KC benefit. I disagree. Mm. Um, I know, I know, at the weights, obviously with the, with the conditions of how this is set up, that it should be the KC benefit. But um, third up at the two thousand meters, there has to be some queries. I don't know. She was good last start. She was really good last start. But um, Canvas gave her a, a really big scare, and you have to. We have to. Tip our hat to Mr. Ryan over here, Bernard, uh, who you gave Canvas a really good push, and I think I gave you a push for giving it a push. And um, yeah, you were you weren't stiff. She had her chance, but she was uh, she was huge um, in defeat there. Uh, is that a fresh run? And it's hard to repeat second up. I think she could hold that rating, but yep. I tend to think it was KC that came back a peg last okay. start. So I reckon KC can elevate further third up 2000. Okay. I think Canvas can hold her rating from the Belmont Guineas, but I'm anticipating KC to elevate third up 2000. Okay. Yeah. KC on top for you? KC's on top. However, I just love the addition of Chantre into mm. this race. It's such a good such an intriguing variable into the mix because we've seen Canvas, we've seen Carajuni Aurora, we've seen them have, have a crack at, at KC and they haven't been able to knock her off her perch, so to speak. Sean Trey, four from four. Call her Sean Nichols. Yeah, she's, she was super impressive. I thought second up, just sort of camped off him. Pikey had to come back a position to work his way to the middle of the straight. And the numbers that I saw between the four and the two, she basically went three lengths quicker than any other runner, which was standout figures for, for that part of the race. And then she let down and, and cruised to the line, ears pricked. Do you is, she's, um, is she a KC? Uh, do you reckon no. she gets backed off the map here? 
I reckon I reckon people are going to be wanting to. I reckon she starts near favourite. Whoa. Yeah, I reckon that they will okay. absolutely. They'll come from the cloud. She won't start favourite. KC's yeah. a dollar seventy, but I reckon KC will. I reckon KC over two dollars comfortably. Yeah. You'll yeah. comfortably get over even money, KC. Um, I just think that they will come. I think the from, robots will be coming for Chantre. Hundred percent, Lindsay yeah. Smith, W. Pike. Uh, the softness with the victories. It's, mm. I mean, she's only won what she can win so far. Um, I'm not saying that's the way. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm indifferent. I got a slight lean to Sean Trey, but again, do it. Fairly do indifferent. It. Do it. Um, I just think this is a um, profile of a horse that they're going to have a couple of bob on. Really does look like the 2000 will be right up her, uh, up her uh, Ali McBeal, I think. So, mm. um, yeah, there is one horse. So BJ, I wanted to quickly discuss at a at a bit of a at a bit of a price. Um, this is one of those ones. If the track's playing a little bit on pace, and if they are, it's suiting horses rolling along and making their own luck out in front. Do you know who I think isn't impossible to nick this if we have a little bit of um, a leader bias feel on the day? Ginger Fire. Tridenzia. Really? Yeah, I don't think Tridenzia is impossible. Two starts back, beat nothing, but beat them soft as butter. Um, I threw up a nice number as well that day. Really, really soft as butter when leading. It's only led one other time this campaign. That wasn't really a race. They walked and kicked. Won easily, but yeah. we're not going to look at that too in depth. The other three efforts, it's had to sit, and it hasn't suited Tridenzia. She does, she's never looked super happy sitting. Gives me not the same, nowhere near the same feel, but it gives me the same sort of – a minor, a minor sort of the feels, uh, the Lonsdale lady, lady type of type of effort where you, you, you roll forward, you make your own luck. We can't look at her own last start. That was just a complete forget. She it was, went it was it was the same race as Fury, yeah, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah, yeah. Complete, she went around. Yeah, just completely and utterly forget that um, she even went to the racetrack that day. And look at her previous efforts. And um, if she was coming in to this race off the back of that five length win, she'd be eleven to one, not mm. thirty to one here, BJ. So. I think she's value. I'm not. I'm not jumping out of my skin to be on here. But if you see any type of bias on the day and are looking for a little specky each way investment, it's it's Tridentia, um for me, BJ. Yeah, as we've spoken about, Chantre adds some real X, X factor to this race. Can she come from behind KC and knock her off? That would be something else at set weights. KC probably the WA horse of the year, really. Absolute superstar filly. Chantre with Pike on is probably going to be coming from a pair, maybe two behind KC. So from four, Stevie Parnham can can have KC midfield at worst, I think. The question is we, we don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. You can We can speculate and have reasons to make any type of uh, outlandish statement. We want. I remember telling we're coming, stepped up into a – was it an Aquanel? I can't remember what race it was, up to the staying trip. We were all declaring it coming from those midweek victories up against the sort of the more proven winners and, and tell them we come didn't match up. Basically, mm. if you put KC in Chantreya's position in its last couple and KC wins just as well. Has anything come from behind KC and got past her? Ever. I no, I, would, I wouldn't have thought so. No. Tuscan Queen made of that day. I think Tuscan Queen might have had her back because um, when she beat Tuscan Queen, she had Tuscan Queen's back. Yeah. And I think – it was the other way around potentially. Don't quote me on that mm -hmm. though. But she should have won the WA Guineas um, when War Saint walked them. That mm -hmm. was just something else. And Stevie wanted what to a good wrangle Ben mm -hmm. Patterson's neck for chopping him out on Montalina. He, did. he wanted to stomp. He ben did. Patterson. He was an, he was an angry, an angry Steve. We didn't, uh, we didn't like that. But only before we move on, we've spent yeah. too long in this rest. One thing I want to quickly discuss is Caragini Aurora. Watch. I just anyone that hasn't seen it, and you want to see how much Pike cares, and he doesn't just ride the Peters horses or whatnot. Have a look at Pike. 
20 metres before the line on Carrigini Aurora last start and watch him dip his head down yeah. in just because he knew mm. that could have won the race. Mm. I don't know if it would have, but that would have gone very close to winning the race and knocking off KC and Pike got held up at key moments and just watch him and watch him put his head down. You could just tell he was just frustrated. extremely frustrated, disappointed in mm. himself, I think, more than anything, even though the gaps didn't appear and you can't make them appear. But, um, yeah, I really like a little bit of uh, a little bit of passion like that, BJ. I'm tipping KC. Don't have to be a rocket scientist for that. But I'm um, looking forward to seeing what Sean Trey is made out of on Saturday. Last point on this race, Heaven's Gift, $6,000 yeah. yes. purchase by Holly Lock on the Inglis Online auction in March from um, Peter's Investments Unraced at the time. Wins first up, Pinjaro. Wins second up, Pinjaro. Looks like it's got a very bright future. Heaven's gift. Can this, I race this, you? This race might have come around a bit soon for her, but got a bit of class. Heaven's gift. $6,000 purchase, Guru. That's yep. uh, that's elite shopping, isn't I it? I don't mind them going here either. And Holly Lock's a uh, very astute little uh, boutique trainer, isn't she? So, uh, But anyway, Sean Trayer for me, if they're playing on pace, we're going to definitely be on Tredenzia. Tredenzia. BJ, cool. we're going to... Look to work around KC. Not that, that I'm fully knocking her, but I just think the dollar seventy is thin. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, it's just about that time, isn't it? Mm. Guru? The Sean Nichols Stakes. The Sean Nichols Stakes. Also known as the? Get Out Stakes. S-T-E-A-K-S. The extremely popular Get Out Stakes is sponsored by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. They are located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, he runs the show with his team. Drop in and say good day. He'll take very good care of you. Now, to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, remembering that we've got 10 races, tweet us at the 1-1-Pod who you think will win race 10 at Belmont on Saturday and a decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Remembering the Sam White rule, if there's a dead heat, the person who puts their entry in first will be declared the winner. So that's the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes. Send your tweet at the 1-1-Pod and uh, be in the running for a succulent gourmet beef package from the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. Uh, okay, race 10, the lucky Lacta last, uh, the Crown Perth Handicap over the mile, which is 1,600 metres for, for those that uh, don't use the uh, – is it the metric system? The metric system, The yeah. metric system, yeah. yeah. The imperial system. It's 1.6 yep. kilometres. Actually, we're not in America. We're in Australia. We're in Australia. So it's 1.6 kilometres this Australia. race. Australia. Get our cork dats on <laughs> around the table eating our pancakes. Pancakes aren't very Australian though, are they? Especially gluten-free pancakes. They weren't gluten-free. Is that un-Australian? I, I don't know what they I were. It might be. Let's cut that out, can we? Uh, okay, 72 plus handicap. Uh, interesting little race here uh here bj the uh the bar plates go off king blitz is a pretty noticeable gear change for the race mm -hmm. oh look i don't really have a huge amount to to say or share here i narrowed it down to three winning chances um serenity bay king she's blitz. The, she's the obvious isn't she and serenity she bay. is she mm. really is the obvious and uh she i you simply just have to have her on top yeah. the current price isn't Therefore, she's actually bang on what I marked her at around that 240 mark, and I'm, I'm not going to play at 240. But um, I, I mean, you're, you're talking King Blitz is, is a bit sticky from the gates, and it's a difficult ride for Lactar as well. 
Uh, Fred Dagg's going to get well back. Um, attempt the run on. Uh, but Fred Dagg's best work, best and arguably two of Fred Dagg's best runs have been over the mile. Knocked off a reasonable 66-plus field coming from near last and a couple of campaigns ago actually pushed Regal Power to a very small margin. So cannot completely discount Fred Dagg, whose last effort, while it was 1.8 lengths behind showmanship, reads well on paper. Reads a little bit better when you have a look at the fact it was Military Ruler in third and Military Rulers came out last week. Ran second to Windstorm. Ran second to Windstorm, but it was about two, two and a half lengths back to third. So I think that military ruler form line on top of the Cerise and White showmanship slash Windstorm form lines actually looks really good too. So speed map-wise, all the speed's really weak in this race. I mean, Juicing Carrots, um, my Greek boy who I wanted to have a chat to you about in Rock the on Tommy. And Rock on Tommy should be the three rolling forward. Can't see any... Providing too much tempo. Can't see, I just can't see anything major happening there. Pike lands on the back of them. Yeah. If King Blitz or, or Fred Dagg are close enough, they probably could get past Pike because this is a lot harder. But mm. I just think, yeah, Pike in the last, it's, geez, I sound like a bit of a broken record here, but he just he just ticks all the boxes, BJ. I'm going to hope we can see some high twos. That's unlikely. But um, I can't go past him, BJ. Mm. Can you? Well, I've flagged it earlier in the show. Mm. Pike and Lucky went head to head last week. Mm -hmm. Lucky two. You did. Pike zero. I reckon Raul Ramoli on King Blitz can knock off the fave, Serenity Bay. I think King Blitz is a better horse, but don't get me wrong. Pike from five. King Blitz is missing kicks as well. 55 ugly things. kilos. Pretty soft first up winner. Has done nothing wrong in its career, so it's a so um, no knock on it at all. And it stands out like the proverbial, doesn't she? Like, mm. just looks... I just, wanted to get just, her beaten. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get her beat. What do you think of King Blitz the other day? It yeah, I thought King Blitz was, was good. good. Again, it? it's just... Yeah. Because you, you you mentioned it, you said that Lucky is a bit patient. Yeah, and that's at probably, that probably and I think I think he was issue. a bit too patient uh, last start. Um, Don't think he was winning either way. Yeah, but no, I'm look. It's all about if if Lucky gets King Blitz out the gates and yeah. lands in sort of one uh, one off the fence, two back type thing. Very maybe hard to maybe beat. Following Serenity Bay. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly right. It, that well, that would be the dream. Highly mm. unlikely, but um, no. It's sometimes you just gotta you gotta trust the jockey in situations like this. Lactar, I think, still looking for his first Saturday winner. Yeah, look at, at the current prices. I just I simply wouldn't be betting yeah. um, into any horse at the current prices. And if that does occur and I don't have a bet in the race, I'll be cheering Rahel Ramoli home, <laughs> I tell you what. But if we can see a bit of juice or I'm actually on a buck stew on Saturday, BJ, so the, the lads will probably be uh, looking for me to- Because you'll be roaring, to, well, roaring Ramoli home. Well, oh, it's unlikely I'll be roaring Ramoli. I don't think there'll be a situation where I'll end up on Lacto okay. here unless, unless we're seeing sort of uh, very high singles or low low doubles, which okay. is very unlikely. I'm, I'm aware that I'm going to see that price. But yeah, I, I do think it just it looks pretty well set up for- Pike. Yeah, sure does. Maybe I'm clutching or just reaching to try and get this fave uh, rolled in the last. King Blitz was coming off a break last start, had the bar shoes on. He had a lot against him. Mm -hmm. And I still thought he could win that day and he went really, really good. It was such a good run uh, behind Mrs. Brown's boys and Wrinkley. Better gate, bar shoes off, drops in grade. Question, question two, he's up four kilos here. Does the dropping in grade, I don't think the dropping grade's worth four kilos as well. It's a 78 plus to a 72 plus, so whips up the um, the eight ratings points, so whips up the four kilos, but I don't think this is a four kilo harder race. Does that make sense? So I just think that that's also a negative with, with King Blitz. Okay, perhaps, perhaps. I just see King Blitz 
being a superior version of himself on Saturday to what we saw last start. If he elevates as I expect, Terry's got – what do you got more to add, Terry? Uh, I was just when you said – I was just thinking me at this Bucks do on Saturday. I don't think I'm going to be a superior version of myself on Saturday. <laughs> I reckon I'm going to be a severely inferior version of myself We're on Saturday. We're going to be a rapid, rapid decline by the time I'd, I'd race 10 so, rolls yeah. around. I'd suggest so. Yeah, as I said, I'm just tipping King Blitz to knock off the fave. If he turns up breathing fire like he can – King Blitz, he's so tough that he can outmuscle Serenity Bay late if it gets into a dogfight. Poke and scent flying for Robbie and Todd. Harvey, such a good run behind Paris St. George the other day. Fred Dagg's one of my faves. He he bounced back to a bit of form last week. He has a win over the Belmont Mile and a second as well. Exactly. So solid race to finish off the day. I'm uh, I'm going to be roaring for Romoli, Raul Romoli in the last King Blitz and uh, Barry on top. Well, Pike's on top for me. Staying out at the prices, though, at this point in time. One horse I will be having the smallest bet on the exchange on BJ is uh, my Greek boy, who I'm hoping gets to 200 to 1. They've just been dropping rail. They've just been snagging dropping rail points, snagging dropping rail points, snagging dropping ratings points. They should lead this. They should roll, should just roll. Reckon it's gone at the 300. Don't get me wrong. That's why I, I genuinely will not be backing unless I say over 100 to 1. But, okay. um, something I think you might on. too. Crazier things happen. I think you might. Crazier things have happened, yeah. BJ. All right, Guru, it's time that we locked in our best betting propositions of the day. You want to kick us off? I'd love to, BJ. I really do like the um, the setup with the three-year-olds and the prices available for Levitate Montalina in a, um, in a Dutch, but... I think that's a little bit, a uh, little bit of a poor way to go about a best bet. So we'll uh, we'll go with Boomtastic, BJ. Boomtastic. I think the four to one about Boomtastic is a very nice price, uh, about a very good filly. So Boomtastic is my best. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Levitate in race five of the day. I think he has a bit of a class edge on these. Pretty smart customer is Levitate. Chloe, aggressive from 12, can dictate terms out in front, give a kick, and I think he's going to be good enough to hold them at bay. Levitate is my best betting proposition of the day. Very good, BJ. Uh, Maddie, territory. Have we got one? Well, this mare has been Maddie for me a couple of times and okay. she's bobbed up on both occasions, I believe. I think resistance in the last mm-hmm. race 10, resistance horse number 13, Maddie Derrick claiming 352 cages. I think you can get twenty to $21, $20 plus on the day. Racing really well, uh, struggles to win, but uh, drawn, drawn to get a reasonable run in transit, low weight, in pretty good form, I think resistance can can run a cheeky race out of price. Yeah, he's been up forever in a day yeah. old resistance. This is tough. Yeah, just uh, continues to go around. They're trying something different. They carried a lot of weight midweek, and now they're obviously going with the let's get in with the no weight. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Maddie's first ever Saturday ride. Yeah, I think you, I think we've been talking about this. This yeah. you might be right, Terry. So good luck to uh, if I if I don't end up having a bet, I'm going to be cheering for Maddie and Lacta. Maddie in and the Lacta. last and okay. nice, a dead heat. Let's see if Sean Nichols can pick that one, eh? <laughs> yeah. uh, my Maddie has to be Tridentia. Yeah. BJ, for reasons already discussed, that will be more pronounced if we get a nice, uh, suitable leaders I, track. I, I was sort of looking at Heaven's Gift in the same yeah. race. Yeah. But yeah, I could see that. Might be a bit soon for her. But yeah, yeah, Tridentia, 
We don't know. That's the thing with these undefeated yeah. horses. You don't know how good they are yet. Yeah. That's the thing. So yeah. tr- Heaven's Gift last start was a really, even though it won a, a nothing race, they walked and that to make a sustained run. And even the previous win on debut beats our hula hoops that came out and made that form look pretty good. And yeah. Western Rhythm made that form look even better yeah. by franking the hula hoops form. So yeah. look, we just we just don't know, especially up to the 2,000 metres. It's a nice um, variable, which we can, um, we can try and quantify however we want, but we don't know. It's that simple. Okay. Get your black books out, punters. It's time for our horses to follow here on the 1-1. One, one. Uh, I've got a couple of slightly obscure ones. I thought Unibro wasn't a bad run last Wednesday. Was back to a 1,000. Looked like a bit of a glorified barrier trial to me. Sharon Miller Yard in form. This fellow ran some really good splits late. Uh, there could be uh, the way that that stable was going. She she could find a nice race for Unibro in the coming weeks. Could bob up at double figure odds. And there was a few from um, Pinjara last Thursday. One that we agree on, Terry. But uh, one maiden who I thought was excellent was My Hidden Journey. Huge second up mm. run behind Expressionist. I love the first up run. Yeah. Too. Always shown a bit of trials and might be ready to put it together on race day, this preparation. So my hidden journey should be winning one soon. And the one that we both found in our black books was Queen Takes King, Terry. Mm, what do you the think chess of, player. What do you think of her run? First yeah, no, up. very, very impressive. Didn't get all the uh, galloping room they probably would have wanted in the straight. She was a bit of a drifter thing in the market as well, which is, uh, which is a bit of a surprise for the Lindsay Smith market. But um, really liked her runs last uh, campaign as yep. well. So definitely a horse to follow and one that will probably get better the further. Uh, she goes. She, yep, goes. she goes. She goes, yep. yeah. So no, very impressed by uh, Queen Takes King. Yeah, so for me, Unibro, My Hidden Journey and Queen Takes King, they were all from midweek last week. So, Terry, what have you got? Yeah, as I said, Queen Takes King was on my list of horses here. Roman Flirt, pretty obvious one. Um, won yeah. a few in a row. I questioned how well it would go with uh, Pikey off and stepping up to a harder grade of stayers, but um, super sitting deep, loomed into it like the winner. It was just, it just couldn't win with the run um, that Roman Flirt had that day. So I want to keep following, especially if Pike goes back mm-hmm. on. Um, I think from a good gate, it looks one of those sort of foolproof stayers as it can jump well, settle near them and progressive, progressive type Roman flirt. Uh, and the other one oh, I'm quite excited about actually, BJ, the only one I'm actually genuinely excited about is uh, Rosie Redress. Uh, little Aussie, 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 Galati, Galati, Galati was on last start. Brian absolutely. Rogers. Brian Rogers absolutely rattled home. Um, I think when... Probably be in the Bofine next week. Well, it'll probably <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, I think when um, when uh, a young, especially the young and really inexperienced apprentices go on these back markers, you want to give them a lot. You want to have a lot of forgiveness with them. Um, Hannah Fitzgerald on Aconite last week was another. They, it's very difficult to get much out of these horses um, for the, the younger jockeys. So for, to see them hit the line well and go well, you know that when a senior goes on, they should find even more length. So um, Rosie Redress, one I want to follow very closely, hopefully in a nice. C3 or C5 next start midweek, obviously. But, um, yeah, Rosie Redress, that's the main one. That's in dark black. All right. Top-notch trialers. You had a couple of uh, uh, horses competing at the Lark Hill trials on Monday, Terry. What did you think of the way they stretched out? Uh, they competed. They competed. Um, 
out of the fryer went pretty well. It's going to make its debut in two weeks' time. It's just going to be an educational run, so it won't be. We won't be looking to um to load up. Then again, if if Pete McCormick asked me after what happened with Flo, I might tell him where uh, we're going chips in. We've got to get him back somehow, don't we? Mm. Uh, and Material <laughs> Witness also going to make his debut in a couple of weeks' time for Adam Durant. He I, I liked actually quite liked the trial. It was on the it was on that sloppy sort of track where not much made a huge amount of ground. So see how we goes. I don't think either will be big betting propositions first up, but nice to have a couple more going to the track in my, in my uh, pursuit of Bob Peters. They weren't top-notch? They weren't top-notch. No. All right, but just quickly. They were notch, yeah. just not top-notch. They were – Like third notch quick, out of six. <laughs> quick, quickly, they tell me that uh, you got a bit of an update on the people source, Dig uh, Deep, during the week. What can yes. you let the listeners know about Dig, dig Deep, dig who deep, suffered yes. a nasty injury at his only start during the uh, Ascot season in 2020? Well, a bit like his owners. It takes a great warrior to return from such a um, formidable – and uh, concerning injury, but mm-hmm. uh, he was examined at the vet uh, at Torby Park very recently, and they felt that he was ready to resume training within the next two months. So they're very happy with how the bone's healing. And in about eight weeks' time, we'll reassess. We're going to give him the full eight weeks, and um, we'll see what we can find for him a couple of months' time. But uh, very positive. all's going well. It's all very positive for yeah, the people's that, horse. That's the theme of the podcast. Positivity. Positivity, Positivity Pete. Oh, all right. See? See what happens with that positive language. Guru, you get some good news coming through regarding Dig Deep, the the one one pinup the champ, horse, the champ. Yeah, so my top runner up to two year of the year. <laughs> Who won it that year? Mm. Tin Snip. Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. Top notch trialers for me. Interesting trialer at Belmont on June twenty two and Heat eleven. People might see Sprightly Star with Fanella Martin as the trainer. However, it's interesting to know that this Sprightly Star is actually a Peter's investment. Philly, it's a two-year-old half-sister to, check this out, Star Exhibit, Royal Star, and Perfect Jewel. So you're going to start rapping when you said, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to drop a little just beat, gonna, check on backwards. Just going to lay it down. So Sprightly Star flashed late for second in um, at Belmont on June 22. Fenella and her partner, Jeff Martin, they often get barrier rogues to sort mm-hmm. out or bad-mannered horses. This filly might have a few tricks, which is why the Martins uh, have her at the moment. The way that she trialed suggests she's got plenty of ability. I imagine she'll be back with Team Williams before too long. But keep an eye out for a horse called Sprightly Star. Lovely, nice horse. Uh, has the pedigree, obviously, Cerise and White. Keep an eye out for that unraced two-year-old. A couple of the trial winners, which most people would have saw how well that they performed, Sea Waif and Attila's Dream in their Lucky Hill Monday heats. C Wife has shown a bit of promise from the Brett Pope Yard. Last prep looks set for to go on with the job this time and work. Attila's dream is a maiden. Um, should be winning one first up or second up if placed to advantage. Nolly Rudland. Yes. Rode that last campaign. Yeah, I didn't yeah. follow that actually. I picked up on that quite early. We got some big prices about that. W Pike was on in the trial the other day. Okay. And uh, Jesus stretched out really nice. Is that nice. Summer Dixon? Summer Dixon, mm. yeah. Pleto for the Pierce brothers was back. Uh, always showed plenty, Pleto. Had a setback last time in work. Plateaued a little bit or? It, potentially. Potentially. Now, this horse finished third behind. Great heist at Misty Medal in Heat 6 on Monday. That's um, that's pretty pretty decent sort of trial form. So keep an eye out for Pleto resuming in a few weeks. And last horse I want to mention, it was, I think, don't know whether 
I saw this correctly, but I just thought it was a nice, quiet trial by a horse by the name of El Capone. Paul Harvey, David Harrison, wasn't asked for a lot in Heat 3. Um, unraced two-year-old. I imagine it might have one more trial before it heads to the races, but might be a horse to keep an eye on El Capone moving forward. Terry. Sounds like a horse to follow. Yes. So we will now move on to whatever happened to Terry. So last week, we I flagged last year's Aquanita Stakes winner, True Attraction. Wanting to know whatever happened to True Attraction. Spoken to the Durant Carter from the Adam Durant Yard this week. Apparently, he's had another setback, this horse, and is back out of training. So it's going to be a while before we see him back up and running again. I don't know the exact details about it, but obviously not not great for a horse that's already been on the sidelines for 12 months or so. But what, I was going through some Belmont Oaks history, and I saw the name Glenn Smith alongside 2017 winner Fontaine Bleu. Mm. He hasn't ridden since May 19 last year, so I'm asking, whatever happened to Glenn Smith, Terry? Oh, we're going uh, – I like that, actually. We're, we're going from uh, horse to jockey. Horse to jockey. Yeah, so to I'm Smith. pretty sure he had some um, maybe back issues. I'm not – Can we throw in Randy Tam or run it? Maybe yeah. ask big Colin Pierce. Yeah. He's his manager, I think. That's right. Riding over east, I think, for a last short Last I heard, he was, he was riding eastern, eastern states, All Victoria. Right. Let's give us a uh, – let's get a Smith and Tan update. Hey? Smith and Tan. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a, a weapon of some That's description. Funny, actually, with Glenn Smith. I was talking to uh, – Talking the other day about uh, left-handed whip riders. And yes. Now, Lucy's probably the the main left-handed whip rider, is it? Because I thought that's why Noski might have gone on Aberdeen Queen yesterday for Paul Harvey. I thought they might have looked at a jockey who's more adept at sw- switching to the left-handed <laughs> stick because uh, Aberdeen Queen laid in a bit at her previous efforts. Um, don't think Chris, he Chris and to. Brad Parnham are both quite adept left-hand whip yep. riders. Yep, okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Glenn Smith, that's probably what he's most uh, – well, in my mind, at least, yes. probably most noted for. And uh, – is uh, he ran places when he was making his comeback? He ran a place on how to be a clocker in a Group One Winterbottom before Pikey nicked it the next year. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay, there you go. Oh, Pikey nicked it first. Then he um, watched that replay. Pikey winning a Group One. It might have been a Group Two at the time at fifty to one. That's it's good stuff. Obviously, never left. The I didn't have a sense. I never left the paint. It was uh, a sign of things to come. So, if anyone knows what happened to Glenn Smith and Randy Tan. At the one one pod, let Phone us in. know. Let us know. Lastly, one. this one's just especially for you, Terry. I thought this mm. might warm your heart. One of your favourite horses from one of your favourite stables. Oh, it's Queen Tory, isn't it? No, no. Oh. <laughs> the Arthur Mortimer trained Kensington Abbey. Yep, uh, oh, I do love Kensington. Abbey. She was retired from racing after her last start in May last year. She was served by Giesel Park Stallion Verde Degree oh. last October. So there will be some Kensington Abbey offspring hitting the ground before we know it. They'll, just, they'll just stay all day. They'll be, they'll be tough as nails, those <laughs> progeny, I'll tell you what, BJ. <laughs> just get them out to a, to a journey first up. 2,400, no trials, just straight out there. Molly Clark on. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyone, yeah. put anyone on, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I missed Abel Dane last week. Yeah. yeah, we were discussing that earlier, weren't we? So yeah. big win, ran the quickest last two after leading like that. It's a, He's a, a tremendous little – you just want all of Arthur's horses to be 10 lengths out in front. It's a bit like Kirov Boy back mm. in the day. We all – Love to hate Kirov Boy unless we could ever find him, which uh, doesn't appear that many of us could. But, um, yeah, love the Arthur Mortimer stable, BJ. 
Good to see him back in the winners. It would have been a while, I reckon, between drinks for Arthur. Would have been, yeah. It would. It would have been. It's a few unorthodox campaigns for a few of his horses. It makes it difficult, though. Mm. I do talk. I do joke about going to the two thousand meters first or second up. But geez, you have to train them, and you have to be pretty astute. So uh, it's the English style of training, is it, or European style of training? <laughs> I think it's Arthur's own personal style. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Anyway, BJ, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Episode 32. Episode 32 wants to a uh, close. Just wanted to again thank uh, Peter McCormick and uh, and Michael Heaton for filling in for me last week. Coming on the show, as I think BJ might have discussed, we're going to look to increase the roster and the, uh, the, the varying guests that come on the show. It doesn't have to be just us two every week or even us two every week. We're, uh, we're happy to open the product up and get some um, – there's a lot of voices uh, on social media and in the industry that are, that are keen to get involved. Um, we are still going to have Dane and Mitchell – coming on shortly we're going to wait we're just going to basically play it by ear um, until Mitchell has a really nice book of rides this week he doesn't have uh, the greatest set um, but we, we we think it'll be a far uh, more beneficial and enjoyable experience to talk to Mitch about a couple of nice chances he has um, on Saturday we're at a double last week is that correct BJ divine shadow and one other no oh you stopped me there Terry I might have got you. Put you off the bit. We'll come back with that anyway. But uh, again, thank you to those two for joining me last week. Good luck to everybody out there on Saturday who are enjoying the uh, the hospitality and the festivities of the races. Again, let's forget the venue. Just enjoy the fact that we have anything to attend at the moment. And uh, until next week on the one one. 